There are things that we experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in a corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your evidence, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghostbox Radio. And this is Ghostbox Radio on AM 950, where every week we talk about the paranormal, UFOlogy, Bigfoot, or just the unusual. My name is Greg Bakken, and thank you very much for joining me. Now, Halloween is just around the corner. So, Patrick, I do have to ask you, what are you dressing as for Halloween this year? I will be dressing as Patrick. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm not going to be here around that time. Uh, well, you know, I honestly, I think, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, Patrick, but I'm kind of, I'm in the same vein of costume in the sense of it's not going to be too too elaborate. It's going to be dressed as a, as just a, a sad man, I think. Uh, that's kind of where I'm going at the moment. Uh, so, you know, whatever, right? Um, and, uh, you know, it goes without saying to everybody out there, you're dressing your little ones up for Halloween, whatnot, please be careful. I just remember, uh, Moving in when I moved into the development that I've been in now for about uh, about sixteen seventeen years. When I moved in there, they're all new construction, and there weren't any children around anywhere. And now Halloween, it's just it's loaded with them, and it's just always a, a good reminder, especially you know coming home from work or anything like that. To when you're getting into these populated areas, uh, you know, slow down. Slow down if you're in your car. And I say that because I see so many people in my development who are not very slow when they're just driving any day. They And they sometimes blow off stop signs because they think that they could see everything. It's just ridiculous. So anyway, you know, we're going to – you know, Patrick, you were with me on the last show when we were talking about exorcism. And that was a light show, you know, very light uh, topic. And we're going to keep it light today. Uh, uh, Patrick, we're going to we're going to talk to uh, Bloody Mary. Uh, she there's a lot the, about Bloody Mary that we're going to be talking about today, and we're not going to scratch the surface. But born on the Bayou, Bloody Mary was raised in the Crescent City. She grew up uh, to be a profound priestess who also serves her hometown of New Orleans as a cultural bearer, tradition keeper, and griot, as well as psychopomp, guide of souls, and ghost whisperer. Mary is fearless, enthusiastic about her hometown and is all of its and also all of its history, heritage, and mysticism. She is known publicly as a voodoo queen, storyteller, celebrity, historian, author, psychic medium, ghost hunter, owner of the famous Bloody Mary's Tours, an avant-garde uh, boutique tour company for over twenty years. Bloody Mary is also the curator of the notorious Haunted Museum and Voodoo Pharmacy Spirit Shop at 826 North Rampart Street, which receives international claim. You will have seen her on TV and cinema, featured on hundreds of international documentaries about the other side of her hometown. See her and her famous haunted houses on Paranormal Lockdown, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Haunted History, and Ghost Adventures. Check out her on TikTok and her YouTube channel as well. Bloody Mary, welcome to Ghost Box Radio. Greetings. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? How are you doing today? I am surviving. I'm going to get through the season. I've got a wee bit of a cold, but 
I'm here. I'm present. Well, and I, you know, I know that it's a very busy time of year for you. So I am extremely, uh, I'm, I'm very happy that you're uh, able to join us. And I know it's so busy. Uh, so thank you so very much. You know, I, the, the first thing I'd like to ask you, because we all, meaning us, you know, just, uh, regular people who just are living our lives day in and day out. What we know about voodoo, we're seeing from the TV shows and movies and stuff, and we have our own idea, but we're not a part of voodoo. At least most of us are not. What is voodoo? Voodoo is an ancient religion that came from Africa, getting to this world through the slave trade, where it landed, where different tribes landed. They brought their beliefs, their deities, their custom with them, obviously. And in different areas, they would blend with the spirit of place, the spirits that were already there, and the other settlers. And in New Orleans, voodoo is its own unique situation. And it's been practiced here openly since the 1700s. And the big controversy today is that it's been, you know, like integrated since the 1800s where in most places it's not as integrated, but it always was here. And to some places, even more of a controversy is that it was more female-dominated than any other area. So okay. New Orleans is unique. And because you, New Orleans is unique, you know? <laughs> it would absorb the spirit of place, so swamp magic is a part of it. There is no other place on Earth like New Orleans. I mean, that's just, I mean, I had spent uh, a, a, a bit of time out there uh, over the course of actually uh, 2007. So it was immediately, you know, after Katrina. But, I mean, to your to your point, for anybody who's not been there, I mean, it is, it is, it, it really is a very unique place. And you, the energy is so strong in New Orleans, just walking down the streets. If you liked it in 2007, which most people would not, because it was dark and it was not fun, we were still in the major throes of recovery from Katrina, and we were way out of balance, way out of balance. That was the time that all I did was go around and do cleansings and exorcisms on people. It wasn't the fun city that it usually is in 2007. If you survive that, <laughs> that's good. Right. Um, our just returning. It was a dark time. It, I get that, but I, what I'm going to say, though, which I think what made made it so special, even back in 2007, was the sheer resilience of the city. Uh, you know, because there was a lot. I remember very vividly, especially. I mean, first of all, the French Quarter was not hit like so many other areas of New Orleans. So I do understand that. But there was so much art. There's so much optimism and positivity of, of we're going to survive that that was, that was really, uh, for me, it was, it was very special. It was uh, the kind of costume that you wear in order to survive. Right. But it was a very good time. Um, it, it was the only time that I had visitors, if they came at all, because there's so few that they would look around and say, I don't see what everybody likes about New Orleans. This feels foreboding and dark. Where every other time, was, yeah, I want to move here. So you got a good glimpse from wherever you were. You were very lucky in 2007 because it was hardship. Yes, yes, I, I, and I certainly, certainly yes, understand always, that. We always try, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, with with the work that you're doing, I mean, you know, you do so many things. You are I mean, why why is it that, you know, as as we mentioned, you know, you you are, you know, voodoo queen. You are doing uh ghost whispering, you're doing paranormal. You're doing you're also doing tours, you're doing everything else. What what draws you to do so many things? The spirit I mean, it's all the same thing. It's just different ways of manifesting it. It's yep. all about the spirit world. Religion's about the spirit world. Voodoo certainly is about the spirit world. Voodoo is a belief in the ancestors and their continuing communication. And to develop that communication is something that I do through readings and through classes and through tours and through seances and all those things. So I also write about it, and I take people to the power sites, sacred sites, and haunted sites in New Orleans, and I've been doing that since I was a kid because I've always loved it. But just for the record, everyone knows, the spirits woke me up mm-hmm. and made me do this, not the other way around. Like, I was just sleeping, right. and I just had to finding out why, why, why. I was never afraid, not afraid, um, you know, but I, I was curious, and the answers weren't necessarily be, been in, founded in my traditional Catholic circles. You know, and I met people from beyond. I met people from other part, other traditions. And voodoo is kind of blended into New Orleans customs, whether people here realize it or not. Since it was practiced rather openly from the very beginning here, instead of hidden, like in many cultures and emerging later, it was here openly at Congo Square and on the streets with the different voodoo practitioners. Uh, there's aspects of voodoo that's in our food and our music and our customs, so... Everyone has a little more knowledge of it here than they even realize. But it's a belief in one supreme deity, intermediary spirits called the Loa or the Voodoos, like the angels, I guess. And nature spirits, very into nature, mm-hmm. and the dead. So it's all about dead and living, and my, ha- my family's been here 300 years. So I think they're trying to get some things out there too. With the family being there for 300 years, it's, I mean, you mentioned uh, a Catholic upbringing, was, but was... It was a Catholic town. But, so, does, I mean, where, where how does voodoo, how does voodoo, like, fit into that? Including the slaves. Okay. But the slaves Catholicized, but the slaves also had their own religion. Okay. They would go to church what they did, and then they would go do their own stuff after, and it ended up blending. This happened in a lot of uh, diasporic voodoo areas, but it happened differently in each one, for different tribes went to different areas. There were few more freedoms for the slaves here than in the American Protestant areas. For example, one thing is that voodoo is a dance religion and a musical religion, and Catholics weren't against dancing or music. You know, mm-hmm. So that was one big thing. There was more open rituals and things because of that. And um, there just were different beliefs here. Now, the Native American Indian shamanism of the area also mixed in with the African shamanism, the European magic thing. European magic that came here, the folk magic, that blended in. We had the earliest and largest Irish immigration in the country in New Orleans, earliest and largest Sicilian immigration in New Orleans. Uh, We had a lot of the, as I said, the French occultist information coming here. Everything just kind of happened. And we were the great Babylon of the South, you know? A little more freedom for, you know, we're still more bohemian than a lot of the other areas around us. And we are way below the Bible Belt. 
That's true. Let's, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we take our first break? When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with voodoo queen, author, celebrity psychic investigator, occult expert, and curator, Bloody Mary. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. Are you dreading Mondays, hating life, and living for the weekends? It might be time for some life changes. Pamela Topchian is a board-certified hypnotherapist at HypnoBreakthrough.com, and she can help. Consultations are always free, and you'll also receive a complimentary sample session to try out. Get in touch on HypnoBreakthrough.com or send a message on social media, HypnoBreakthrough or Pamela Marie Topchian. And as I say, every single week, give it a shot. You're going to you're going to find it worthwhile. She's helped me. She's helped many. Please go and reach out to Pamela Marie Topchian, and uh, you'll you'll really appreciate it. Now, welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. My name is Greg Bakken, and thank you for joining us today. We have on today with us. Uh, we have Voodoo Queen uh, and so many other things, Bloody Mary. To see everything she has going on, including appearances and tours and everything else, go to BloodyMaryNewOrleans.com, and uh, you'll be able to see everything that's going on. You know, you know, as we're talking off break, you know, it's always it's always interesting when someone has so much information. Uh, you know, I don't know really where to go, and we talked a little bit, but I do have a question. You said your family has been in New Orleans area for i think you said 300 years has voodoo yeah. been has voodoo been a part of that uh, that entire time of my family yes of your family yes uh, as being oh, within your family I before. no but it's part of everyone's upbringing when you've been here that long since the many of the ideas are blended into the culture it grew voodoo grew side by side with the city so there's Parts of it that are, as I said, in music and foods and customs and belief systems, things that people say are New Orleans customs actually can have some roots in voodoo. But no, most we were technically at the beginning 100% Catholic. Okay. And my family was Catholic by the time. Um, my mother was actually a nun before she married my dad. Oh. And a, my sister is also voodoo. But um, I was apprenticing with another voodoo priest in town. She had no daughters. And when she passed and spirits decided that I should continue. But I'm also initiated in a sister tradition of Haitian voodoo and another, let's say, sister tradition of or brother tradition of Congo voodoo. So there's there's all different aspects, like there's different aspects of Christianity. No, that I get that. And then, you know, as as Ignorant as this question will be, so uh, forgive forgive me if it's super ignorant. I have heard of all, but go ahead. What's the difference between voodoo and hoodoo? Well, even though that word is being reclaimed lately, yeah, it what what it is is voodoo is the religion and hoodoo is the practice. Oh, so voodoo is like your high mass and hoodoo is like your novena if you want to compare it to. Uh, Catholicism, mm-hmm. so getting your back, getting your new job, getting justice, getting healed, getting you know personal things attained through a variety of folk magics, not necessarily going through deity in order to do so, but you could. Mm-hmm. And voodoo is so spirits, dancing, serving food, singing, it's just saying your prayers for the deities themselves. So it's just uh, 
I say that you could practice hoodoo without voodoo, without voodoo, without hoodoo. But voodoo is the religion, so there's deities involved. Okay, and you said you said that it's uh, it's a, it's being the name is being reclaimed. Uh, what what do you what do you mean by that? Well, you know how words mean different things over the years. Sure. You know now it's being reclaimed by African Americans as almost a, a a sign of rebellion and strength and how they got out of slavery or got through slavery. Um, in the but say twenty five years ago when nobody wanted to talk about it. I would talk about it a lot. I was always the champion of hoodoo, but it wasn't necessarily bad or evil or just a series of, you know, tricks that weren't, you know, having an substantial being. Uh, I would try to say that it was just, you know, a combination of all of the different styles of folk magic that came here, European, this and that. Now it's just being claimed as, it's being thought of or taught as what, talked about as more of a religion when it was not the religion, voodoo was the religion. So it's being said it was in a way to get through slavery. Sure. You know, it's almost like a revolution of its own. So it's being reclaimed, whereas 20, 25 years ago, anyone would not, would want to disassociate themselves from hoodoo if they were African American, and now it's being more accepted. So there's good and bad point to the reclaiming of it. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, you know, with with the surge of paranormal everything, you know, from TV shows to radio shows to all this sort of thing, do you think that anything to do with this, including voodoo, hoodoo, or you know, uh, mediumship, anything like that, do you think it's all on the verge of being sensationalized, or is it being sensationalized? You know, doing it for your entire life. How do you feel about that? What do you think about that trend? Absolutely over-sensationalized, but at the same time, it's spreading the word to get people to be less afraid of it. Yeah. For the be- I'm, a, I'm a spirit's rights advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I believe fear is a four-letter word. I think you should learn how to get along with those that came before and built the land that you live on and work together. Um, I believe we can heal each other, and I help them as well as we are the common necrotherapists. So you can, you know, help others on the other side for their spirit growth, where I believe it continues after death. So I have a more serious outlook about it, but yet still like to have fun when we do ghost hunting or whatever. Sure. But I, I don't believe, I believe that it's hyped up to hell yeah. on TV and hashtag it's a demon is uh, way too <laughs> over to try to make everything like, you know, crazy evil all the time. I mean, you know, and I don't like the provoking that some of the shows do, going in and, you know, name-calling to the spirits, trying to get a quick reaction. Same thing if I run into your house and punch in the face in the middle of dinner and call you a a word that I can't say on this radio, um, you know, you're going to be angry and you're going to react. It doesn't mean you're evil. Exactly. Attitude. So, yes, it's definitely over-sensationalized, but let's see people... At least be aware of it more now that it's mainstream. You know, well, it so also, that part, the other part's bad. And it seems like you're just in general an educator, anyway. You know, that's kind of that's kind of you know your purpose as well is to you you are letting yeah. people know about and, and helping them, and to keep the stories alive because of my local influence. You know, absolutely. 
Well, and that's a great yeah. po- that's a great point too. I mean, the fact is, it's like it, it's you know, regardless of things being recorded, or whatnot, stories can disappear or they can be misconstrued or not passed down correctly and they need they need people like you to do that to keep it going spirits sometimes whisper something in my ear or push me in a certain direction which gets me to an answer of a why on a certain story that wasn't brought up before so um that is true and ever since katrina since you were here ever since then you know we've had such a massive new population you know, if I'm 12 generation Creole here in New Orleans, I knew lots of people that were before, and a lot of them didn't come back. So in jeopardy of losing the stories, the roots, all new startups and tour companies that aren't even necessarily even licensed, just talking yeah. and making up, to, you know, just for the fear of it. So, sure, there's a place for that, maybe, you know, but there's also a place for trying to keep the reality. So I built my museum as a sanctuary for the spirits and Hopefully, my children and children's children will continue with it after I'm gone. Absolutely. Let's. We're going to talk more about all of that. So let's take another break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Voodoo Queen Bloody Mary. There's so much more to talk about. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And, you know, as we say every weekend, I'm hoping that you're visiting Enchanted Boutique, that they're located at 1860 Beam Avenue in Maplewood, Minnesota. They have a lot of great things going on. And, uh, you know, as I say every week, every day, there's something different happening there. You have Make It Monday, which is Make and Take Projects, Tumble Tuesday, Tumble Crystal Sale, Woo Woo Wednesday, which is a divination sale, Trinket Thursday, Jewelry Sale, Folk Magic Friday, that's Folk Magic Friday, that's a witchy sale. Enchanted Saturday, go to their website at EnchantedBoutiqueMN.com to see what's happening on any particular Saturday. And then Self Love Sunday, Bath and Body Sale. You know, Bonnie and Jenny are wonderful people. Please go check out their store, 1860 Beam Avenue in Maplewood, Minnesota. If you're not from around here or you don't want to go out, uh, which is totally fine, you can go to their website, EnchantedBoutiqueMN.com. There you can see all their services and classes that they're offering as well. Or you can also follow them. Please do at Enchanted Boutique MN on Facebook. That would be uh, greatly appreciated. Also, uh, this week, November 2nd, it's the return of Ghost Stories and Beyond. We're going to be at Billy's Bar and Grill in Anoka, Minnesota. Char Savoy and myself, we are going to be, you know, listening to your ghost stories this time. Come on over, share your experiences, and uh, we'll listen to them. We'll talk about them. Billy's has this great uh, wait staff that, while well, we're going to be down in the basement, I'm going to have food, some drinks, talk about spirits, talk about ghosts, and uh, it's $10 to get in. Uh, the menu items are separate, but definitely come out, check it out. We had a great time in October. We think we're going to have a great time in November. So that's November 2nd, 6.30 p.m. at Billy's Bar and Grill in Anoka for Ghost Stories and Beyond. And, uh, you know, if you miss Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bach and Live, AM 950 replays these episodes Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, or you can listen anytime by going to Spotify or iTunes. After listening, please leave a positive review for my show. I would greatly appreciate it. We return to our guest today, Voodoo Queen, so much more. We're trying to talk through all of it, Bloody Mary, and uh, to see everything that she has going on. We'll talk about that in the fourth segment. Go to Bloody Mary's New Orleans, BloodyMaryNewOrleans.com, 
and check out everything that's going on there. Now, Bloody Mary, uh, a week ago I had on the show uh, – I had on Sister Kia Lynn Francis and we were talking about exorcisms. And you know, thinking about voodoo and, and, and such, is there a similar practice for voodoo of, of dispelling spirits? Of course, all over the world, long before major the major accepted religions have been around, people like voodoo and Native American Indian shamanism and indigenous cultures have always tried to drive off evil spirits that were either causing disease, mental illnesses, or just general hauntings and problems. So yes, I am an exorcist. I do. Ton- I've done tons of them, um, and you can use the word detachment. You can use the word banishing. For a lot of times, it's just a slight, you know, attachment that can wreak some havoc or, let's say, bad luck or illness, as opposed to the whole, you know, TV Linda Blair syndrome. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of that. And, I, you know, I, I remember being on a Catholic talk show on talking about exorcisms to another sister there. And, you know, her argument was, you know, we went to an African village and there was a very sick boy and they had done their exorcism. So we did ours. And they're like, and the boy we're praying got bigger and bigger and bigger and then smaller and smaller and smaller and then bigger and bigger and bigger and then small, you know. And they were being this old dramatic, and I was like, okay, and you know, you want to say something weird about me? And I'll just say, so you're saying your exorcism is better than this, okay? Hey, that's possible. It, it depends on the extent of the attachment to people and the reluctancy or willingness of the patient to be cured. It depends on the strength of the people involved that is are doing an exorcism or a cleansing, and the fact that the people just don't walk out and walk right back into the same situation that got their attachments to begin with. Yeah. So people need to do spiritual cleansing on a regular basis, especially people that are medical professionals, ghost hunters, you know, work in jail, places where there's a lot of stuff that you can walk into. And I suppose, you know? yeah. And I suppose too. I mean, because you know, we I, I take part in a in a in a class with uh, some very talented people, and they say exactly the same thing. And the idea too is like, you just, you, and even apart from those places, you just never know. Just walking into any location, what might be there anyway, right? Yeah, I, mean, I tell that to people all the time. Like, oh, I don't want to go in a graveyard. Too. I was like, what hotel are you staying at? Oh gosh! Right? <laughs> How old building? Uh, let me tell you some stories about it. I said you can't worry about that everywhere you go because you're constantly walking through history that you might be a trigger to wake something up. You're talking to people who may have something that would rub off on you, like your parents used to always say. That can attach. It can happen from very simple things, so it doesn't have to be on a ghost tour or in, you know, a graveyard. It could be walking down the street sitting at the edge of a forest. It could be anywhere. You just have to keep strong in yourself and do regular spiritual cleansing, just like you do regular, you know, physical cleansing. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. The wax- What's that? I said you got to get rid of your waxy buildup. Well, yeah, it, as it happens, uh, I, I did I did a Reiki session a couple years ago that uh, someone said to me that they said that I had an attachment that dated back from my time being in New Orleans, uh, which yeah, I had no idea. That was we're here in a dark time. There was a nasty thing that was unleashed around Katrina. It wasn't a ghost or a demon, but it was a nasty thing that was attaching to almost everyone, especially. Someone who wasn't, you know, well, you probably were stronger than the people here who weren't from here. 
Yeah. You had the loss every. Yeah. Exactly. But I don't know about very difficult to go out anywhere at that point and find a lot of laughter because everybody just had a soft story to tell you, you know, yep. very, very, you know, very difficult time. Very difficult. Fact, so you were here. Seven, you said I was, I was here. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be here every month uh, or over there every month in 2007 for about eight to 10 months. I believe it was. Wow. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it was uh, just a lot. It was uh, it, like I said, like I said earlier, not to repeat myself. I was just, I was, I was, I was surprised by people's positivity and and their and their resilience because it, I didn't know what to expect, and it was uh, it was uh, really humbling to be very honest. Of like you said, people who lost everything and they're just they're just keeping they keep going. There wasn't a lot of people here. Then. We were at like a minimal scale population for at least three years there was like no one here mm-hmm. um by normal standards we used to talk a joke about bowling down bourbon you know you could sure make a bowl all from one end to the other 10 blocks and not hit anybody that is not what we normally are and that was going on for at least three years you know mm-hmm. so our our town didn't have the energy that it was used to to stay alive so there was a very faint heartbeat to the spirit of play, which also had something to do, sort of, kind of, from where you're from, right? You're from Minneapolis. You're from the, near the headwaters of the Mississippi, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, what we, you know, the whole river, who is the major mother spirit of place here, was, was very, very much, for lack of a better explanation to the layman, kind of, like, kidnapped. I mean, she wasn't her thriving self. She depends on a huge influx of people all the time, partying energy and laughter, and that was not here. No. You know, it took a long to get that back. But, yeah, we did the best we could. Yeah. But the government was helping. And all that's fed on the dark side. And there isn't as much light there. The light needs the dark as much as the dark needs the light. Mm-hmm. There was no balance. Yeah. So it was, here's all I did was fetishes and exorcisms on people, places, and things. That was my job. There weren't tourists and parties and things to plan like usual. Right. But, you know, I had a job and I did it. <laughs> exactly. Now, the the big the big I think the big voodoo cliche is uh voodoo dolls. Uh, and I say cliche in the sense in the sense that everyone that's where I think a lot of people's minds go to. Is that is that a thing? Voodoo dolls, I teach voodoo dolls, every culture has voodoo dolls. Voodoo dolls. If dolls are just the effigy. They're not good or bad. They're not just used to stick tins in to cause harm to people, but you could. Yeah. That is not what they're for. They are. They're effigies, blank dolls that are for love. I make more for weddings and love than anything else. They're for love. They're for healing. They're, um, it's for, they're like the surrogates for the work that you're doing, which hopefully is healing. But since they always want to make you evil, they would only show the other stuff on TV. And that all cultures seem to have some form of effigy or doll that you use, but you use them mainly for love, for healing, for traveling, to house your ancestors, and to get guards to protect your home. I mean, there's a thousand and one reasons that they're used here. And here, it was the magic of Spanish moss that was taught from the Native American Indians to the Africans that most of the dolls were made of, and different areas, different things. So that's one misconception, and I guess the other, of course, is the idea friend of zombies. 
Yeah. Uh, so those are two big misconceptions when it's really very similar to a Native American Indian shamanism, but older, you know, respect for the land and the people, one deity, intermediary spirits, and nature, love for nature, nature spirits is a kind of an animistic belief system. So there are spirits in the trees and the waters, you know, in the elements, the mm-hmm. elementals. And then the ancestors, so brings us back around to the ghosts. <laughs> it does. Yeah. They're not just, you know, to call it, they're more for housing and helping self-grow or house someone. You would have lots and lots of dolls. And I've been teaching people how to use them and make them for 30 years, and my grandma made them, too. Isn't it... Isn't it something? Do you do you get? I mean, you have to get frustrated, I would think, in a sense, or maybe you don't. That you know, it, it seems like some of these cultural pieces they're automatically, at least mainstream, are always pointed towards negative, opposed to perhaps what the real meaning is. The horror movies—they're not going to just do stories only about the good ghosts. They wanted something that's going to scare people, and they want to make themselves better by putting the other people down. I've got a collection of weird board games, which are you know, made by, I guess, white game makers in the country. And there's a voodoo doll game that's like, stab this, do that, let the witch doctor do it. All the things that they put down other cultures for, but when they could just be for healing, and most people would have wanted to do that. Now, I'm not saying that nobody is doing curses with them. People will try to say the opposite just to say, hey, oh, everybody's wrong, it's just for good. It, it's people, it's not the doll, you know? Yeah. If people think that they can only get what they need by taking it from others, first it'll be short-lived. It won't be permanent. It's not like it's, you know, deserved. It'll be short-lived to trip someone else and trick someone else in order to get what you need. But people still do it thinking that's the only way they'll get it. Yes, things take longer when you go to the source, but they last longer too. No, that's that's and that's really interesting. I think that's really important for people uh, for people to realize, and I mean, and and uh, we're going to be heading off to break here in a second, but I'm just going to f- uh, finish by saying that you know you don't. It it really shows the balance of if you lack lack a better word power in the country or are thought of because imagine if like Catholicism wasn't as popular as it is, you know, you'd make, you know, you could do that with Catholicism opposed to voodoo, if you get my drift. Let's do this. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we are talking with Voodoo Queen and so much more. Bloody Mary, you're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And for our final segment, we return to our guest today, Voodoo Queen. So much more. We're going to be talking about that right now. We're talking to Bloody Mary. To see everything that she has going on, including appearances, tours, everything else, go to BloodyMaryNewOrleans.com. And, uh, you know, if we went there right now, Bloody Mary, what would we find there? What, would, what, could, we, what could we get f- from going to your site? From my site? Oh, there's a lot of information and history as well as lots of uh, public events or private things that we can create and join. You'll get information about my ghost hunting, and I've been offering this public ghost hunting long before paranormal became as popular as it is today. So I teach you ghost hunting with old school and new school methods. We get to connect with my spirits of place in both my home, which has been on ghost adventures, 
and my museum, which has been on many other TV shows as well. So I teach you how to connect, and I have the ghosts that came with the place, the ghosts that come with my haunted collection. <laughs> and, and, you know? It, it sounds... <laughs> it, yeah, you, now I'm jealous. Now I'm jealous. Now I need to come down to New Orleans and uh, and check it out. I was actually before uh, we recorded today. I was I was mentioning some people that uh, I was going to have you on as a guest, and uh, and one of the people in the chat she said that she uh, did a ghost hunt with you, and she just thought it was absolutely fantastic, and that you uh, were teaching everyone actually how to do voodoo dolls. Some tours that I do that. I have a voodoo doll bar in my museum where we name them, baptize them, feed them, and cast them for your particular goals so that they're not just store-bought or what do you call it? Would be like, you know, made in China kind of right. dolls that are all of These are hand-gathered moths that I go with rituals to gather the ingredients that we make there, and then we, we kind of direct them with you. Wow. And and so do like do you do that for people that are outside the state at all or is that spe- specifically for like being part of like something in person with you? Oh, you mean do I send them? Do I mail them? Do you? Yeah. I can. Yes, I do. I make custom dolls which are costlier or I send you the blank dolls and, you know, tell you how to do it yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. That. Oh, it's a little decorating kit. So we got stuff that you could decorate it with some herbs that you could put inside, and then you know you can continue the process later. So that's there. I have a shop. So we're open museum doors during the day, ghost hunts and seance at night. So we have a seance and paranormal experience that we kind of open you up to be able to open your own psychic intuitive self to connect with spirits, and then later we let you use some of the um, equipment, the paranormal equipment. Then we have an all ghost hunt only inside midnight ghost hunt later. And then we have some that are a combination half. uh, You go to my house, you go to the graveyard, you go to the park, you go and and to the museum. So I have progressive ghost hunts, only on-site ghost hunts. I have all different types, plus walking tours, too. And I have haunted stuff. So I've got a lot of haunted artifacts. I've got some artifacts that belong to previous voodoo queens and voodoo doctors that, you know, I might use in rituals. And I do a lot of haunted honeymoons and voodoo weddings, too. Uh, we have parties in the courtyard, and you know we invite the ghosts. I come to all, and I see bachelor, bachelorette. Uh, On the bachelorette, New Orleans is known for her bachelorette, so they all want to come. So that might be more of my. I have a mystic bachelorette, but we have more of a um, you know haunted pub thing going on. I have a good girl, bad thing girl going on, but I also have a purging of past problems. We do a little ceremony and a binding of love with love dolls. So there's all kinds of things that I incorporate into everything. Just like voodoo is weaved into our entire culture, I have it weaved into a lot of the options, and I do a lot of custom private things, one-on-one classes to help you open up your intuitive side better and to get where you're supposed to be physically and spiritually better, too. 
And I really I, – I, I do like that. I mean because uh, the, the, my, my philosophy on, on paranormal investigating and everything else is it's that you know, it's a beautiful thing. You know, like, like we were talking with the voodoo and everything else. You know, people immediately look at the, the, the side that might scare people and sell more, <laughs> the scary side of it. But to me, all this is beautiful because why wouldn't you want to reach out to loved ones or spirits? You don't sleep though, do you? You must not sleep. Oh, I sleep well. I sleep like a baby, eight, nine hours, and nothing absolutely wrong there. I do a lot of astral travel while I'm asleep, but it doesn't stop me from getting the rest I need. I've been blessed with that for a long time. i got some scary ghosts, if you call murderers and things scary ghosts, because it takes all kinds. And, you know, my haunted museum is very well-known true crime and ghost story that I've been working with these spirits now for 50 years. Spirit you might know of, but I'm not sure. From 2007, because it happened in 2006, if you know the Zach and Addy story. Okay. Uh, murder, suicide. Yeah. The last two victims, he, he kind of cooked them in an oven and chilled her in the fridge. And uh, it's a very big story about after Katrina. There was a book written about it. We do a lot of shows about it. I've wow. been working with their spirits for a while, but then I also have like 10 children's spirits there and a whole bunch of others. So it takes all kinds. Do those spirits, all those different types of spirits, uh, are they aware of each other? It's not that they're aware of each other in all cases. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, yes, they are aware. It seems that all of them are. At least half of them are aware of each other. The children know each other. The elder ladies from the uh, 1800s, they kind of take care of the children. There's one ghost that doesn't like another ghost. You know, there's two ghosts that don't like another ghost or someone that reminds them of the ghost. So there's, there's, there's a little bit of personality conflict on some of them, but not much. So sometimes they disagree. Sometimes they get along. Sometimes new ones come in and out. You know, it's, it's like a family. Yeah, yeah. What keeps them there? What keeps them with you? I'm not uh, stuck. They come and they go. I have haunted artifacts that many of them come through because the haunted artifacts act like a bridge. But none of them are stuck there. I've just designed it as a sanctuary. So if any of the spirits around or things that I have need a place to go, they know they're welcome. I have toys for the kids. I have offerings for the murder-suicide. I have different things that they would like and altars all around. And they it, they can come and they go. There's one that more or less doesn't think he's worthy, but he still has to do his own work. You know, a little more karma, the murderer do. But we're working with him, too. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, so as, as we're wrapping up here and if uh, somebody is coming into your city and they want to uh, see what you're doing, but they only have time to do one thing, what would you recommend for like what would be the one thing? I mean, you should do, all, do it all, but what is the one thing that you'd recommend? Wow. Well, I have one very big thing that happens with public small group VIP that goes down to where that does a little bit of everything, goes inside my Buddha temple at my house, goes inside this building and does a ghost that with equipment goes to see the park and the ghost town tour, which is like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, late night, and then Saturday, Sunday at dusk to dark. Those are probably the do it all best things to do. I did the very first ghost hunts in town. I created the very first haunted pub tour. I have all these things that I've been doing the longest. So I got more info for everybody. I just say come to the store. People will still talk about me. And what's going on outside of the place on other tours? Eh, I'm in the store. 
No, absolutely. Bloody Mary is voodoo queen, author, celebrity, psychic investigator, occult expert, and curator. To see everything that we've just been talking about and, and take part, go to BloodyMaryNewOrleans.com. Bloody Mary, thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you, and happy haunting. Happy haunting to you. This has been Ghost Box Radio on AM 950.